You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. And the message of the sermon that I have today is called Course Correction. Course Correction. And I'm taking some of the scriptures and kind of a theme from the prophetic conference that they talked about, one of the things that they talked about, and, and putting my little Cajun twist on it. Um, and so I want to I bring to you and share to you some of the things that, that we learned and that we were taught. Course correction. When we were driving back from Dallas... Friday, we drove all the way to Birmingham, and then we had about four or five hours to get back here. So Saturday morning, we woke up from the hotel, and we were driving back, and we were in between Atlanta and Augusta. Maddie was driving, and I was looking on Google Maps ahead of us to see what was going on, what was on the horizon as we were driving. And as we got closer to Augusta, there was a delay that popped up on the map. And at first, it said that there was like a five-minute little traffic jam that was going on, and it kind of showed red in a little bit of area, maybe started off yellow. And I said, okay, we were still about an hour away. So as we got closer, I pulled up Google Maps again, and I refreshed it. And now, all of a sudden, this five-minute delay had now said 18 minutes, 20 minutes, kind of got bigger. I said, okay, all right, that's, that's not looking great. So then we kept driving a little bit more, and I pulled up Google Maps again. I refreshed our route, and then there was this big X mark on there that said lane closure. And I said, oh, boy. Now, the whole way to there and back, we prayed for traveling blessings. We prayed that we wouldn't get caught in any construction. We wouldn't get caught in any wrecks, that bad drivers would be moved out of the way, that the angels would go before us and and prepare a way for us. And all the way there and all the way back, we did not get caught in any traffic jams. Every time we were driving, there would be a traffic jam on the other side of the interstate with a wreck or construction and miles and miles backed up, and we just kept driving. And every time we passed that, I said, thank you, God, for answering our prayers. We probably passed two or three different massive traffic jams on the way there and two, at least two on the way back, and none of them were in our lane. And I said, thank you, God, for blessing us with these crazy kids in the back that don't want to be back there. So I see on Google Maps, it says lane closure. Doesn't even tell me a delay anymore, it's just red. So I try and start figuring out, but Google Maps automatically tells me and does a course correction and says if you get off early enough on 20, go around through this city, through this back road and get back on 20, then you'll completely bypass the obstruction. I thought, okay. So I told Maddie, I said, get off on exit 172, and then I'll guide you through the rest of it. As we came up to 172, exit 172, we looked over the rest of the interstate, and there was no backup, no traffic, no anything. We hadn't even got to the delay yet. We got off, drove about 10, 20 minutes, right even with Interstate 20, went around this roundabout, got right back on 20, kept driving, and still made perfect time. Never saw we, as soon as we got on to Interstate 20, we saw where all the construction was right behind us. And as we kept driving, on the left side of Interstate 20 was another wreck and another thing of construction where it went down to one lane. Wouldn't you like in your own personal life to be walking down your path of life 
and have something that helps alert you that something is coming on the horizon to help you make a course correction to where your path would not be altered, you would not deal with any type of delay in your life. Maybe, maybe not, hopefully so. But today I want to teach you and show you the benefits of making a course correction in your path of life. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Kind of the first way that we can start our course correction is to ponder your path. Number one, ponder your path. Proverbs 4, 26 says, ponder the path of your feet and let all... All of your ways be established. Verse 27 says, do not turn to the right or left and remove your foot from evil. Do not turn to the right or left and remove your foot from evil. In order to make a course correction in your life, you're going to have to ponder your path. You're going to have to understand that your life is a journey, that you are on a journey. We see throughout the scriptures in Paul's writing, he talks about being on a race running a race, running to the finish line, that there is a destination that you are running to. There would be no point to have a race if we all line up outside and we take off running. I'd start breathing heavy after about 20 feet. And you looked at me and you said, well, where's the finish line? Where are we going? I said, don't worry about it. Let's just keep running. Let's just go. Come on. You would stop and say, no, 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 I need a destination. I need a place to where I'm going. You have to understand that we all have a destination. Ultimately, the destination is your eternity. Hopefully, it's in heaven. Believing the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. Confessing and believing that alters your path of life from the destination of hell to the destination of heaven. Praise God. So ultimately, on the big scale of life, our destination is heaven. But we have individual destinations as we go through life. Me and my wife, at the beginning of the month, celebrated 10 years of marriage. We are on a destination to have the best marriage that we could ever have and that has ever been recorded in history, is what I believe. But we could have made the choice early on to put us on a different destination that would have led us to divorce. How we raise our kids, we are on a destination to get them better off than what we ever were established. To train them, to teach them, to equip them so that they're better off in their destination. I don't want to teach my kids and put them on the wrong path to lead them down a different destination. Your finances your jobs, your relationships, you're all on a destination and you get to decide where we're going to end up. Where are you going to end up? If I decide right now that I'm going to eat at least a box or two of Little Debbie's cakes every day for the rest of my life, I am changing my destination to an unhealthy one. I might enjoy the pleasures of eating 12 fudge rounds every day for a short amount of time, but my destination will be altered from a healthy long lifestyle to potentially an overweight short lifestyle. We have to ponder our path. Where are we and where are we going? 
the next step that we have is to acknowledge God's path. Once we take our own personal time to acknowledge where are we, what direction are we going, what destination am I planning to go, we then have to acknowledge God's path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we know this scripture. We have it on our pictures. We have it on t-shirts. We have it on bumper stickers. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and look what God is going to do. He shall direct your path. So one, I've got to ponder my path. Where am I? What path am I on? What destination am I trying to get to? But then it encourages us in Proverbs to acknowledge God's path. It says in verse 6, he shall direct your path, which means God, simple understanding this morning, God wants to direct your path. It is in God's heart, it is in God's purpose that he wants to help you and lead you and guide you down the right path. He doesn't want to take you to the traffic jam. He doesn't want to take you to the delay. He wants to take you to life and more abundant, is what Jesus said. We have to understand that God's path is a good path for your life. It's not a bad path. That God's path is a good path. Sometimes that good path might be an uncomfortable path, though. Course corrections aren't always the funnest. If I'm eating Little Debbie cakes every day, all my life, the idea of putting those cakes away and then going to a gym and working out and sweating and getting hurt tearing my muscles to get bigger muscles to lose the weight, that's, that's not a fun thing to do when I could sit at home and eat Little Debbie's. Course corrections are not always the funnest. They're not always the most comfortable, but sometimes they're the right thing to do. That God is going to speak and direct your path, and understanding that when God speaks and tells you, this is the path I want you to go on, that we obey and respond. Because we have to understand that God is a good God who believes in doing good things to his people and helping us in our journey. If me and my wife's marriage isn't the greatest and we're having communication problems, God might speak into our lives to go get marriage counseling. That might not be a fun thing to do. I don't want to sit there. I barely want to share my feelings with my wife. Why would I go and sit there and share my feelings with somebody else that I don't know who's ultimately going to judge me and tell me that I need to fix some things in my life? (laughs) Course correction. But where ultimately is the destination that I want to go? If I, in my heart, feel like I am called to write a book, if I feel like in my heart that I'm called to start a business and that God is leading me down that path, then I might have to make some course corrections. I'm never going to get done with the book if I don't sit down and start writing the book. I'll never get anywhere in the business as an entrepreneur if I never sit down and come up with a business plan and start counting the cost of what it's going to take to see my dream become a reality. And God wants to direct your path in your life. He wants to tell you the right path 
to take in your life. Psalms 25 verse 4 is another scripture. This is the psalmist that is praying, and he says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path or paths. Show me your way, O Lord, and teach me your paths. I need you to show me. I need you to teach me. Because on our own, sometimes, if we're being honest, we make dumb decisions. And sometimes we make dumb decisions with the goodest of intents. I want to help. I want to do this. I want to do that. And in our own ways, in our own thinking, we make this decision, and uh uh-oh, we made a mistake. Now I need a course correction. And the prayer here, as we acknowledge God's path, is show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. If you don't like the path that you're on, then it's time to make a course correction. The good thing is, if you don't like where your life is currently, now is the perfect time to make a decision to alter that course. And ask the Lord to show you and teach you how to make a change in your life. It's time to ask and pray God for help to show you the correct path. You might not like the direction of your personal life, your relationship, your finances, your personal walk with God, but guess what? You are in control of your life. God gave us this small thing called free will. You get to choose. Why are people dying and going to hell? Because they made a choice to not choose God. Why are people dying and going to heaven? Because they made a choice to serve God. Love is not love if it's forced. It's called kidnapping, I think. It's a felony. But there has to be a choice in love. My wife had to have other choices before she married me. She could have chose to say no, and I thought she was going to. So I bought the biggest diamond ring I could afford, so it would make it real hard for her to say no. But love is a choice. And if we love God, then there's going to have to be some choices that we make in our own life to correct the course that we're currently on. We are born as sinners. That's what the Scripture says. We are born with the spirit of Adam in us, dead, sinful. Paul makes it very clear when he says, O wretched man that I am, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I do want to do, I don't do. So God had to make a choice. He did a course correction. At the very beginning of time, he put Adam and Eve in the garden. He made them in the likeness of his image. He says, I'm going to make you just like me. And then the snake showed up and tried to contort the truth and said, didn't God say that if you ate that, you would be just like him? So he doesn't want you to eat the fruit because then you'll be just like him. But the truth is, they were already like God. God made them in his image. They were like God. And then the snake said, but if you eat the fruit, then you're really going to be like God. They said, oh, I like that choice better. And all of a sudden, they made a bad decision with a huge course correction that went in the negative way. But God already made a plan. 
already had a purpose, already made a course correction that says, before the foundation of the world, the lamb was already slain. I've already got a plan, I've already got a path, and I'm going to start doing it so we can save you, heal you, and restore you back to the original relationship. So even God had to do a course correction. So it should not be a surprise that we in our own personal lives have to do some evaluations as we journey on our life and make our own course corrections as well. Ponder your path. Acknowledge God's path. The third point I want to highlight is turn to the Word for the course correction. So now you're sitting there and you're saying, I don't like where I'm at in this certain situation. Or you might say, I don't like where I'm at in my whole life. How can I fix this? How can I change where I am to where in the future I won't be there anymore? I'll get back on the path that God's called you to do something. God's spoken to you in the past. He's told you to do this. He's told you to go here. He's told you this or that, and you have not done it, how can I get back on the right path of God? Well, one, it's just praying and asking God to teach you and show you. But then the next one, turn to the Word for course correction. Psalms 119, we've heard this scripture before. 119, 105, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So now we understand what our Google Maps is. Now we understand where we can go to get a course correction in our life, and that's to His Word. It says your Word is a lamp. We know what a little lamp is. That doesn't shine very bright. You just put a lamp into your house or to to light up a room. It's not going to light up the whole house. It'll just light up part of a room. So your Word is a lamp to my feet. What's the very next step, God, that I need to take? Do I need to go straight? Do I need to go right? Do I need to go left? Which way? His word is a right now word that can tell you do this right now, but it's also a light to my path, which is way down the road. To where God can speak to you right now and tell you this is what you need to do today or tomorrow, but he can also speak to you through his word, through the prophetic word, to say this is what you need to do for next year, for the decade from now, to see your future change, this is what you need to do in your word. At the prophetic conference, we received both of these things, some things that we could do right now to help change our lives personally, to help change the church and the ministry, but also we receive some prophetic words that we can stand on for what's going to happen in this church in the future. People are coming. Bigger buildings need to be had. Volunteers are coming. People are coming to help and serve. Things that we need now and things that we need in the future. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to know how to fix a problem, then you make a course correction and change the direction of your life. Find a scripture that is the truth that will change your reality. Find a scripture that will change your reality. We have to understand there is a difference between reality and truth. Your reality right now might be that you're sick in your body. But that's not your truth. The truth is the word that is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The truth is your body is healed by the stripes of Jesus. 
So what I'm going to do is speak the truth and watch my reality change. That's how you make a course correction in your life. I'm going to find the truth. My relationships not, might not be where they need to be. My relationship with God might not be where it needs to be. My finances, whatever it is, my thoughts, my heart, my intents, my emotions might be all out of whack, but I'm going to find the truth. I might not be where I want to be in regards to my relationship with God. That might be the reality. But the truth is, the Scripture says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. That's the truth. I might not have the clearest path and direction of where I'm supposed to go, but the truth is, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So you have to understand that your reality is not your truth. It might look dark, it might look scary, it might look over, it might look like you've already hit your destination and you're reaping the crops of seeds that you've sown over and over in your life that aren't the best seeds and aren't the best harvest, but God is a good God. God is a gracious God. And He's here right now willing and ready to help speak into your life to make a course correction. All it is is one scripture. Think about this, that we can stand on one scripture and it can change our lives forever. When we were at the prophetic conference, there was one of the nights they were praying over people that were sick. And they said, if you're sick, I want you to stand up. And if you're standing in the gap for someone who you know is sick, I want you to stand up. And all these different people stood up and they were praying. Afterwards, I was talking with some of the, the pastors, uh, Pastor Derek and Jen, and they were talking. And they said that they talked to somebody who stood up that night who was standing in the gap for a family member in a completely different state, and they called them that night, and they were healed. Course correction. Instant course correction. Acknowledge God's path and plan that you want to be healed. Their reality is in another state. They are sick. They are struggling. They aren't, their body isn't working. But that's the reality. That's not the truth. The truth is that God is the healer, and God loves to heal his people, and healing manifested. Simple course correction, simple scripture that you stand on could change and alter your life forever. In Philippians, it's scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That is a scripture that I stood on when I was younger. I say younger when we were in Dallas and we were helping out with the church there. I was a part of a job that I didn't like. It wasn't working out for me. And I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. I had never had them before in my life. And for a couple of months while I was working through this job, driving to work early in the morning, I couldn't catch my breath, I'm crying, I'm breathing heavy, I can't breathe, I can't talk, I'm just having this meltdown that I've never had before. 
and I grabbed these two scriptures right here, and I would hold on to the wheel with tears in my eyes, trying to catch my breath, repeating this scripture over and over. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, I make my request known to you. And when I do that, then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. My wife, being the God-fearing woman that she is, has way more faith than me. She says, quit that job. And I said, well, babe, we need money. You're pregnant. You're about to quit your job. It's not the right time. I've got to do this. I've got to be the man. I've got to stand strong. I've got to do all this. She says, quit your job. I said, yes, ma'am. Walked in there, had no idea what I was doing. I said, God, you're going to provide. Quit the job. Walked off of that property and never had another panic attack again. Instantly free. Course correction. Wasn't the most comfortable course correction. I need money. My wife's pregnant. She's quitting her job. I didn't get another job for 10 months, which brought me down another path where I thought, God, what did I do? I made a a huge mistake. But during those 10 months, I always had gas in my car. I always had food in my fridge, and my bills were always paid because God's a good God. Another course correction. Uncomfortable, but God provided. And I'm working the same job that I've been working since that time for six years. And they've blessed me. They let me work from home when I moved here. They didn't make me quit. Favor of God is on my life. Course correction. Very, very uncomfortable in the, in the real world, in the reality. There was a ton of questions that people had. My family and probably my Wife's family as well, people at church, are you sure you're supposed to quit when your wife just quit and you're about to have a baby? I don't know. My, my, we heard from God. We're making this choice. We're making a course correction, and it worked out. God is faithful. I want to tell you this story. One, congratulations to your Braves for uh, making it to the World Series. My team, the Houston Astros, also just made it to the World Series. So we're going to have fun watching that series over the next week or so. So we were driving from uh, Dallas. We stopped at the hotel. I was watching game six uh, Friday night. And there was a rookie pitcher by the name of uh, Luis Garcia. The last three games that he pitched, including one in the series against Boston, uh, a regular season game, a, a playoff game against the White Sox, and another game against the Red Sox, He barely pitched eight innings in three games. He gave up 15 hits with over 16 runs in those three games. Was not pitching well at all. And then we were up three to two in the series, and game six was about to happen Friday night, and they put this guy up to pitch. And I thought, well, it's over. We're going to go to seven games. He's not pitched good. He's a rookie. He kind of started in the playoffs last year, but he's young. He's messing up. He's giving up home runs. He's not striking anybody out. So for the closeout game, which happened Friday night, he pitched almost six innings. He gave up one hit. He gave up no runs and gave up and, and had seven strikeouts. Three previous games were terrible. 16 runs and 15 hits. Didn't even make it eight innings in three games. And this one game, the biggest game of his life, if he wins it, the team goes to the World Series. He throws a no-hitter up until the sixth inning. Then he gave up a triple, but they pulled him after that. One hit, 
no runs, and struck out seven. What happened to this guy? Steroids? Was he using something special on the ball? There was an ESPN article where they talked about him, and they said he made a mechanical adjustment after leaving his last start due to knee discomfort, and the results were astounding. According to ESPN stats and information, Garcia in this game threw 44 pitches, 95 miles per hour or harder, 44 pitches, the most in any game in his career. His previous high was 16 pitches over 95 miles per hour in one game last year in the postseason. He made one adjustment because he was experiencing knee discomfort. His previous record of throwing fastballs 95 miles per hour and above was only 16 pitches in one game. In this game, he threw 44. The pitching coach made this statement in the ESPN article. We made a slight a slight adjustment with the lower half of his body, pitching coach Brent Strom said. We put his heel first on the pitching rubber. It allowed him to stay strong on his back leg. It was by necessity because his knee was bothering him and to take the pain off of the knee. We made an adjustment with the lower half, which helped his velocity. We made a slight adjustment. All they did differently was they moved the heel of his foot onto the pitching. That's all they did. So it would give relief to his knee, which was hurting him. And because of that slight adjustment, everything changed. The way he pitched, his confidence, everything changed because of one slight adjustment. A bad pitcher for the last three games, an unhittable pitcher this game. The biggest part of his life. Just imagine what one scripture will do in your life if you just stand on the word of God. One adjustment can change your entire life. A simple course correction by letting the word be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path will change and alter your life. And the last thing I have is hurry down the new path with joy. Hurry down the new path with joy. Psalm 16, 11. You will show me the path of life. Once again, it's us praying to God and asking him, show us your path. Teach us your path. Show us the path of life. Because when I find that path of life in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures ever. More. I want you to know that God wants you to be joyful in your life. God wants you to have a pleasurable life. He wants you to enjoy the journey that you're on. He doesn't want you to be sad, angry, frustrated, kicking and screaming, hating life, wishing it was over, being suicidal, trying to figure out what the next steps are, worrying, all those things. He wants to show you the path of life so that there can be joy in your life. And pleasures forevermore, the scripture says. What would it be like if your life changed and you were happy tomorrow? The scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. To wake up tomorrow and have a smile on your face doesn't mean the situations have changed. But to know that God is on your side. 
I will not fear. What can any man do to me, the Scripture says. Your reality right now might not be the greatest, but when you find the truth and you apply the truth to your reality, your reality is going to change. I'll finish with this. There's a story in Acts chapter 16 where we see one of the greatest Christians, if not the greatest Christian to ever walk the planet outside of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, have some course corrections. Acts chapter 16, verse 6, we're going to read to like verse 10. Now when they, this is Paul and a group of men that are trying to go out and preach the gospel. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, to preach the word in Asia. Verse 7, after they had come to my Asia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Verse 8, so passing by my Asia, they came down to Troas. Look at this. They are going town after town after town. He's trying to get the gospel out. He's not trying to go start a job, to start a business, to sell books, He's not out there trying to do any of these things. He's going to preach the gospel. And every town he goes into, the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go that way. Now, he could have said right there, well, I guess the devil's attacking. I guess he's trying to stop me from ministry. I might as well just quit. I might as well just give up. This isn't working out the way I thought it would. But that's not Paul. Paul's leaning in and listening to the Spirit. And as soon as he goes to this town... He's forbidden by the Spirit to go there. He says, okay, let's go here. He goes to another place. Holy Spirit says, nope, not here. Another course correction. He's had at least three course corrections in these two or three scriptures and hasn't given up, hasn't gotten angry. Also, the people that's with him, they could be like, what is he doing? I thought this was a man of God, and where is he leading us? We trying to go in this town, and he tells us we're not supposed to preach the gospel? I thought the gospel was for everyone. Why are we not going here? Why are we not going there? What is he doing? He's wasting my time. He's wasting your time. He's wasting our resources, our finances. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. Paul, figure it out. Look at verse 9. In the vision, Lord, teach me your ways. Show me your path. Appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. Now, after he had seen this vision, course correction, immediately, he didn't wait. He didn't say, Well, I don't know if this is God. I'm just going to sit on it. I'm going to wait for another word from God. I'm going to see if he shows me another scripture. The pastor better tell me something next Sunday if I'm supposed to do that or not do that. Immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding, making the conclusion that the Lord has called us to preach the gospel to them. That is the most beautiful picture of a relationship with God. As we walk, as we go on this walk with life, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and he's going to say, don't go here. Don't do that. Step out here. Go back here. Make a course correction here. Change this in your marriage. Change this in your personal life. Stop doing this. Start doing that. And as soon as you hear the word of God, immediately obey. And they made the decision that the gospel needed to be preached in Macedonia. And the last scripture I have, you might feel like you are so far off the path. You might feel like you're so far away. You might feel like you're in the desert. You might feel like you're in the wilderness. You might feel like you have no idea where God is or what his voice is. 
Here's a scripture for you, because that might be your reality, but it's not your truth. This is the truth. Behold, God is speaking to you today, I will do a new thing. Look at this word. I love this word in the scripture. Now, not today, not in a couple of hours, not at the end of the year. He's doing it right now. Shall he bring it forth? Shall you not know it? Look at this right here. I will even make a road in the wilderness, and I will make a river in the desert. You might think that you are so far off the path that God can never save you. He can never restore you. He can never help you. He can never put you back on the right path. And God says, I'll do whatever it takes to get to you and get you back on the right path that I have for you. Because his plan and his purpose is good and good for you. And as we finish, I have it set up in an easy way for the four points. Ponder, acknowledge, turn, and hurry, P-A-T-H, which spells path. Ponder your current path. Find out where you're at. Acknowledge God's path for you. Turn to the word for a course correction, and then hurry down that new path with joy and pleasures evermore. Amen. As we finish going into this year, let's stand up as we go out. We're finishing up 2021. I feel like 2021 went by a whole lot faster than 2020. It flew by. We're already in October, about to go into the holidays, and we're about to step into 2022. And I want you to know that God has good plans for you in 2022. I know the reality of the world out there is it's getting darker, it's getting worse, it's getting more evil, it's getting all those things, but that is not your plan, that is not your path, that is not the path that God has for you. God has a path and a plan of goodness in your life. And so I want to encourage you with this message right here, as you are finishing up 2021, to apply these to your life and prepare for 2022. If you don't like how 2021 is ending, then you have the perfect opportunity to apply truth to your current reality, to see your future change into something that you would never even imagine that God could do in your life. Imagine if you took one scripture, applied it to your life, and watch what happens at the end of 2022 how much your life could be completely different, how your marriage could be completely different, how your health could be completely different, how your finances, how your relationship with God, how your thoughts, how your emotions, how anything that you want could be completely different if you made the choice today to change your path with God's help. Amen? Father, we thank you for a course correction, a course correction that we all need in our lives Father, this week, help us ponder our path. Where are we in our life? Where are we in our relationship with you and with man? Where are we in whatever we have, Father? And let us learn to acknowledge your path. Father, we ask you to teach us, show us, direct our path. We've made a mistake. We have made a mess of the path that we've gone down. And Father, we want to see your path. We want to hear your hand, see your hand move, hear your voice on where to go. Father, speak to us and show us a word from God that we can stand on that will be truth, that will change our reality and change our reality to the truth that we believe your word tells us to do. And Father, as that course correction happens, 
Let us hurry and run to that new path. Even if it makes us uncomfortable, even if it makes us change some things, lose some things, give some things away, stop doing some things, start doing some things. Father, whatever it is, even if it makes us uncomfortable, I just want to be on your path because when I'm on your path, I experience joy and peace and the Holy Ghost everywhere I go. Father, I thank you for these people today. I thank you that you are helping them and bringing them into a brand new year and a brand new set of blessings and a brand new set of directions that you have for them. Father, I thank you that each and every person here, your scripture says, whether it's their reality or not, it is the truth that they have the mind of Christ. The truth says that their body is the temple of the Most High God. The truth is that you have already healed them by the stripes of Jesus. Father, the truth is that they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed in the city and they are blessed in the field. The truth is everything they put their hands to must prosper. The truth is that they are your sons and daughters and they diffuse the the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. The truth is that they are the salt and light of the earth, the city set on a hill that refuses to be in. The truth is that everywhere they go, miracle signs and wonders follow them, that they go out and they share this gospel message with everyone they come in contact with. So, Father, I thank you for these people. Bless them, protect them. For those that aren't here, that are traveling and out, Father, help them, bless them, and protect them, and bring them back safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Next week is Halloween. We'll have some candy for the kids. Dress your kids up. I think there's a community thing here on the 30th as well, and we will see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.